Hello, Monica. <laughs> so we are live, and this is episode number seven in our series of podcast. Um, and we're really, really pleased to have Monica Frank with us, who is a local osteopath, um, to answer some questions, to share her knowledge. Um, so huge welcome, Monica. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's lovely to be here with you. So um, I think the best thing really to start with sort of how you even got into it and what you what even drew you to doing this as a career? Yeah. Um, so I actually started off uh, studying accounts, economics and computer programming, knowing that I would absolutely hate it, but kind of ticking a box for my dad. Yeah. Um, and then kind of found my way out of that and into osteopathy and graduated in 2004 Worked a lot in sport, really, from the off, um, rowing, particularly women's rowing, um, athletics, um, powerlifting. And then I did some international tours with GB Ultimate Frisbee um, and loved all of that. Went to do a master's at UCL in sport and exercise medicine and at the same time got a lecturing post at Brooks. So that was obviously all very demanding all at once. And I ended up dropping the master's. Um, and then around about the same time, uh, after lecturing, I kind of got really interested in the psychological side of all things and started counseling programs in using transactional analysis. And so qualified that fully in 2020 and still use that in like one-to-one -one work and in combination with the other stuff that I do. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I know, I know that this is a question that I asked you um, mm -hmm. before, but I know that whenever I refer people to either a chiropractor or an osteopath, people people get confused, don't they, as yeah, to why yeah. and what what each person can can give them. So, could you give us a little brief summary of the difference, maybe the different yeah. techniques that they use? And yeah, totally. Um, so chiropractors tend to focus all about the philosophy so chiropractors tend to believe that the nervous system is central to health so they focus the treatment more on the housing of the central nervous system which is the spine um and whether it's mctimony which is quite a clicky crack it's a, more of a flick yeah um or kind of pure original chiropractic um which tends to be a bit more manipulative on the spine um, and then osteopaths believe that the flow of fluid is central to health. So we, we work on removing any barriers to the flow of fluid. And that might be cerebrospinal fluid, which bathes the nervous system. It might be um, lymph. It might be joint fluid. And so we look at what's contributing to where the blockages are, or where the stuckness is, and just removing those, those areas of slight restriction and get things moving again in a, in a general systemic way, if you like. Yeah. Um, and then physios are brilliant at being very specific. They're very structured. They really hone in on what's not moving well, what's not strong enough, um, give you what you need to get you back up to full strength, speed, whatever. Um, and then also it depends very much on the individual that you're seeing out, you know, within whatever profession, because you've got chiropractors who practice as osteopaths, you know, similarly to osteopaths, and you've got osteopaths who practice similarly to chiropractors. You've got physios in NHS and in private, and a lot of private physios do a very holistic kind of approach and use manipulation. And so it can be really broad, but those are, for me, those are the general three kind of pegs. 
yeah and what what conditions do you tend to see is, mm. is it yeah, majority so, sports I mean, people an age range from like 10 to 85 and everything that happens along those lines yeah um i now have less of a sports dominant practice as I did when I was working in uni sports stuff um and so it's more general population and get that full spectrum which I do love but I really love seeing the sports people and and you know that you know the goal oriented stuff um and also being a resource for a team or a group of people and they know like okay that's a a trusted recognized name that we can all go to you know in in lieu of having somebody else um even if you just want to phone and have a question or something i think it's a really useful resource and i enjoy being that kind of part of a team in that way yeah yeah and do you do you find people do the exercises that you prescribe do they because from a sporting background mm-hmm. um I know mentally I've n- never really coped very well with being injured um, yeah. I've definitely improved over the years but um I would religiously do the the rehab but I yeah. also had clients that I've worked with in the past who I've encouraged them to go and see people and then they just don't do any of it yeah, I mean, and it definitely is frustrating. Well, it's so rewarding when people do do the exercises because yeah. they get better, <laughs> yeah. generally, like nine and a half times out of 10. Um, and when people don't do the exercises, then it's like, okay, well, what's underneath that? And that's partly where having the counseling skills comes in. Because it's like, okay, well, let's explore what's going on for you there. Like, what does the injury actually mean? What does your performance mean? You know, what are the bits that are holding you back where you're kind of willing to sabotage yourself or not reach your goals? What's the story there? Um, so sometimes it's really worth exploring that stuff. And, and often it's things that people are completely unconscious of that are leading them away from where they want to be. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. So we, we run a sports psychology uh, masterclass on the weekend yeah I love that and that delved into that and it overlaps into so that side overlaps into what I do with the life coaching into yeah. what you do with the counseling it's, yeah. it's so interesting isn't it yeah and it's brilliant having that kind of integrated approach you know it's all about looking at the different different elements you can never tick one box and we're no. humans for heaven's sake you know we've all got shit going on we've all got stuff in our lives we've all got you know the things that we rub up against and pull us away from where we think we want to be and when something allows us to question that and how much value we're placing on it or not that's useful and it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong it's just like oh okay well you know what what's going on there and and getting more understanding is really helpful do you see people that have injuries or or aches and pains due yeah. to stress yeah um you know stress is stress is such a kind of overused we're so familiar with a word that I think it's almost lost its potency in terms of the effect that it has on our physiology yeah and which is absolutely huge and this is a really big element that I've written about um, recently in a couple of articles and in a, a book that I've written recently and that connection between you know stress in terms of 
the general adaptation syndrome and how the chemical cascade from stress as recognized by Sally years and years ago affects our, our physiology, our hormones, our chemicals, and leads into a lot of chronic diseases. And, you know, you speak to a lot of people like all, you know, Deepak Chopra and, you know, Joe Dispenza and all these people who are kind of life transforming influencers. And they're like, 10% of hospitalizations need to be, you know, are, are not stress related. They are not lifestyle related. They're the, the, the traumatic incidents that happen. The rest will generally come from chronic systemic stuff underlying. Um, and that's a huge number, right? And, and so what's, what is the system that's supporting that? And how can we really help people to to not just pay lip service to stress and being overly busy and, you know, needing to get it right. And, you know, the, I, I think it's almost taboo to want to go slower and to take time out, you know, rest and is almost a dirty word relaxation for heaven's sake. Well, you know, that's reserved for two weeks a year. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, we have a really kind of upside down value system, I think when it comes to those elements of life that are, whole body really needs because we've got two parts of our nervous system of our autonomic nervous system you've got the sympathetic drive but you've got the parasympathetic that needs rest and digest that's what yeah. that is you know we we physiologically need that and when our bodies get used to predicting like not being okay needing to do something else trying to get ahead of the curve then we never get out of the sympathetic state that's so interesting i've just been with the client just this morning and yeah. we've dealt with exactly that but i can honestly say I'm, I'm i'm always really really open and honest and with my two strokes and my graves yeah it was coming out of a very traumatic marriage right it has been mentioned that it was stress related that caused mm -hmm. my body to you mm -hmm. know where i i dealt with or not dealt with with things but once i'd left that marriage um then almost i allowed myself to relax and then and then all these things happened yeah but on the other side yesterday um a friend messaged and said what are you doing i said well i'm doing nothing and i feel <laughs> so guilty <laughs> really guilty mm -hmm. and she couldn't get it she was like what what, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, what planet are you on lady? yeah um, <laughs> but i was forcing myself to try and relax and mm -hmm. I really struggled, really struggled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, there, there's such, um, I think, guilt. So there's a phrase in transactional analysis that you will find interesting. Guilt is anger turned on yourself. Yeah. And I think we do often do that when we don't, you know, a lot of people struggle to be in anger, but anger... A is a very healthy thing because it it talks to, about our boundaries and what's okay and what's not okay. But anger is also part of grief. You know, it, it's yeah. in the grief cycle. And so, yes, you know, we're angry at that loss, but also we're deeply sad about mm -hmm. that loss and being able to be with those things. And, and it's a, is a really big part of, of what I do you know, in, in osteopathy, if something comes up, you know, then I'll often take my hands off and I'll stand back and we'll talk about it for a minute. And, you know, I'll give an interpretation of what they're feeling and help them to find words that they put on what they're feeling. And then that can start to bring meaning because it's all about 
how we make meaning of what our what we're experiencing but we have to be able to feel it first which is where the interoception part comes with the allostasis and the allostatic load which is our prediction system you know especially to stress and and, and safety mm-hmm. um, and if we're not able to listen to those interoceptors which give us the information about what's going on in our internal and external environment then we can't we can't expect to regulate our metabolism on all the levels because we're not listening to it yeah totally makes sense yeah actually i did um uh, i'm 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 perimenopausal at the moment Mm -hmm. and um i do run some clinics um, yeah and some talks all about the menopause is is there is there anything that you've seen recently where people's bodies are uh, reacting differently if they're menopausal it's like joint ache or um you know, is there, is there, oh God, totally. And there's great research on that as well. You know, um, you're kind of more brittle and I think in all, I'm also perimenopausal. So I damn know how brittle I am, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so does my family. Um, yeah. And, but I, but definitely in terms of our tendons, um, that achiness, uh, joints are more stiff it's you know you kind of feel like you know you need a little bit of wd-40 in the morning yeah. um and so do you feel tiredness your treatments the anxiety, would help the brain fog oh my god all of that yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's really interesting because that was something that massively was highlighted at the last event that we did yeah. and um i i know myself my joints i was literally waking up in pain yeah you know, and it, i knew it wasn't exercise pain you know yeah. differentiate yeah yeah two. totally yeah yeah and I think that's one of the times where it is so important to be able to say okay I need a different type of physical challenge today you know yeah. I think weights are brilliant for women and I think brilliant in 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 stressful situations and getting our mind and body moving um and I think we need to get into a flow state and we need to listen to ourselves and n- we really need to nurture ourselves, you know. Mm. Um, and it's not that I don't think men have a particular point that they go through where something shifts for them, because I think they do. And I think for women, you know, to me, this speaks to, uh, to the long line that starts probably when we're seven years old, that you're pretty quiet and compliant. And suddenly you hit perimenopause and menopause and you're just not taking the shit anymore. And there is, there definitely is that element that you just, you know, the boundaries are much clearer to you and you, you kind of can't be bothered. But with that, I think you really need to nurture yourself because being so used to giving and often nurturing other people in various ways that we need to give a little back to ourselves. And I think for me, that's what getting into flow is. And whether it's a yoga practice or a meditation or cold water swimming, we really need those elements. I think cold water swimming is brilliant for the inflammatory part as well. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So I know that you do- (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) But it's absolutely no problem there. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I know that you do some breathing practice, don't you? And I wonder if you can- Give me a little bit more information about that because I yeah. was talking about that at the run clinic about how we can try to breathe deeper. Um, and yeah, that's something that interests me. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so I use breath in lots and lots of different ways and it depends on what the need is in the moment. Um, the, um, 
one of the primary ways is within movement, so positional breathing, and this really comes out something called PRI, um, started in the US by a chap called Ron Husker, so the Postural Restoration Institute. Um, and so I do a lot of my movement stuff around that. And then um, on the other side, it's shifting from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic systems. Yeah. And so we could do let's we could all together, just if, if, as long as nobody's driving, we could do a um, we'll start off with just two or three rounds of box breathing and then shift to um, a longer out breath session. So if everybody just put your feet on the ground and just really kind of just for a second, just traction your heels towards you and feel your sit bones kind of being magnetized into your seat. And then that just helps to get you get a sense of where your pelvis is and then relax your feet take a long out breath and feel the whole of the sole of your foot relax your toes taking a really long breath in and as you breathe out just softly letting the rib cage drop and drop and drop especially those low ribs great and now we're going to do three breath um, a breath in for three Hold for three, out for three, hold for three. We're going to do two rounds of that. So three, hold for three. Out for three. Hold for three. In for three. Hold. Out. Hold. Okay, breathe in for three. Hold for two. And breathe out for six. And one more long in and out. And just see how you feel. I feel a lot more relaxed. Great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah, and it just something... doesn't take long. That's no. what you need. Like for somebody like you, that's perfect. We're like, you know, between the things that you're doing, sit in the car, just do three rounds of that box breathing and then one or two of the, that autonomic shift breath and then you're good to go. And you're just resetting all the time and you're repeating that through the day and it will really help your nervous system to stay more regulated. So that would be really good for somebody to do if they were nervous before a race. Totally, yeah. totally. And I use a lot of that kind of shifting and alongside visualizations as well and affirmations, you know, before a big race or before a performance of some kind. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I've got a question, actually. Um, yeah. Um, Morton's neuroma. Yes. Is that something you would be able to treat or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen a few Morton's neuroma, yeah. Okay, okay, because that's I'll refer somebody then. Lovely, um, thank you. Um, and then there was somebody. Oh yeah, calf, calf injury. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so a lot of that will probably be looking at, you know, the position of their feet, how they're using their feet in conjunction with the movement further up the chain, what shoes they're wearing, um, how they're using their stride. Are they really gripping with their toes? Are they extending their knee too early? Um, are they using their back more than their hips? So yeah, all of that range of stuff. And then also like, again, with that long out breath, often 
um, the people who are not breathing out, like really struggle to, to ground um, yeah. themselves. Um, and also hypermobility tends yeah. to give heightened calf tension. So Okay. And so if somebody was thinking about coming to, to see you yeah. um, and they're nervous, you don't necessarily crack the back and the bones and things. And the no, 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 not necessarily. I definitely don't do it with every patient and not, not every time. Um, even if, even if I do it with somebody, it doesn't mean I'll do it the next time. And um, always check with people what they're comfortable with, because, you know, if, for us, the patients in the driving seat yeah. is what you're happy with and, you know, what you're comfortable with. And there's always another way to, to achieve something. So and actually, I, I do. I don't do that much manipulation these days because I much prefer to do it through breathing and movement. Yeah. Okay. And um, where are you actually based? Uh, so my clinic is in Bletchingdon, which is kind of between Kidlington and Kirtlington. Okay. Yeah. And are I'm, you happy for me to share your contact contact details so people can? Contact yeah. Wonderful. You? Be yeah. Very grateful. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Fantastic. Um, that's absolutely brilliant that's uh, I feel honestly my shoulders have dropped yes yeah so I happy good. I'm gonna <laughs> Great. I'm going to do this I'm gonna do it every single good day for you yeah I promise yeah. you well done um, that's fantastic thank you so much you Very are welcome incredible. thanks for having me oh my pleasure um, okay have a lovely afternoon yeah, bye bye